This episode is brought to you by the Shop 1 in 5 Pledge. We believe that when you purchase from a small online or offline business, your dollar goes further. Hey friends, Mina and I created the Shop 1 in 5 Pledge, and we're inviting you to take it with us. It's a commitment to make one in five of your purchases from a small business online or offline. It's a way to make an impact together where and when it matters most. Because the truth is, your purchasing power matters now more than ever. Head to shop1in5.com to take the pledge. Make that commitment to shop one in five of your purchases towards a small business. We also invite you to shop the directory if you don't know where to find other small businesses. It's right there on the page. And we're asking for you to share the pledge. Imagine if each of us told three to four people about the Shop 1 in 5 pledge. It would be an incredible and life-changing for so many small businesses. Tell your friends, your family, and your social network. It costs nothing extra and makes a world of difference. Our purchases have the ability to change lives. Okay, let's jump in. Welcome to the Product Boss Podcast, where we help product-based businesses grow their sales and improve their strategies. Hey, everyone. I want to introduce you to my co-host and biz bestie, Mina Kunlo-Sitap, an Amazon guru that has built a multi-six-figure product-based business. And introducing the other half of the product boss, Jacqueline Snyder. She has helped launch and grow over 500 fashion apparel and accessory brands, even one of her own. And together, we share our inventory of secret weapons that will help you dig deep and do the work it takes. Are you ready? Let's build together. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Product Boss Podcast. I am Jacqueline Snyder with my beautiful co-host, Mina Kunlo-Sitep. Hey, Mina. Hey, Jacqueline. Friends, today we're going to talk about a little experience I had while walking my dog at night. (laughs) (laughs) Does not involve dog situations. (laughs) Involves product conceptualization. Um, I, we're going to share a story, but it's going to link back to really trying to talk to all of you because we get this question a lot, you know, a lot of, we'll get this in the DM. We get this in email. We get this from our neighbors while walking our dogs, which Mm -hmm. is I've made a product, but now what, how do I sell? And this is precisely why I don't talk to my neighbors. This nobody. is why you know wears a hoodie and glasses and nobody looks I'm, at her. I'm kidding. <laughs> but it's a really good story. I think it will really alleviate any angst or questions that we all have at this very beginning stage of we have a product. Now what? You know? Yeah. And if you're not in the beginning stages, still listen, because one, I think it's an interesting story. I think it'll help you really think through your business. And also those of you that are a little bit more advanced in your business, or you've been doing it longer, I think that there will be some really incredible points that you can pull out and refocus, like refocus your business, especially if you feel like the sales aren't rolling in over and over, or you feel a little bit like you're, you know, trying to tread water. Yeah. I was going to actually, we went through the points a little bit earlier and the story actually. And I was going to say the same thing because I think that for all of us, we actually need to keep refreshing the same same sort of thinking in the season that we're in, you know, Mm -hmm. asking yourself the same questions because you kind of start in the same thing um, over and over. So for all of you that have an existing product, you're already selling, you're already doing great. Ask yourself these same questions because we're at the tip of the holiday season and you need to be asking yourself very similar questions. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this story starts out with me walking my dog 
And I was walking up the hill and there's these friendly neighbors that we always like to stop and talk to is the evening. And we just started chatting just about random things. And then all of a sudden she's like, you know, I need to pick your brain. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Cause she makes pottery. She's um, a potter. She has taught pottery for, you know, 25 years and she's, her kids are grown up and they're out of the house and she wants to think through, you know, what can I do with my talent? What can I do with my pottery? So I was like, well, that's a great question. She's like, you know, cause I'm making them, but I don't know where to start. I don't know how to sell. I don't know what to do with this. And I'm not even sure what to sell. So that conversation turned into an hour. I didn't tell you this, Mina, but James ended up paying my location to see where I was. Cause it was like oh the evening God. and I just disappeared. <laughs> It's dark at so, night. It's like nobody tracked down Jacqueline at night to get a free strategy session because this is what was happening that night. <laughs> and like 10 mosquito bites on my legs, but nonetheless worth it because I like to talk business. So again, she's a potter. Potter. It's like, well, I guess it depends on what kind of pottery you sell. You know, she's like, where do I sell? How do I sell it? So we're going to break this down for you in like, in a, you know, in the way of this, who, what, where, when, and why. And sometimes okay. how, actually this time, how. <laughs> Just kidding. I had to add that one because the kids we were just maybe to how with the with the what, but we might bring out how too. So yeah. who, what, when, where, why, how? I think I said that out of order. So that's what we're going to talk about. So we're going to kind of walk you through this like free neighbory um, strategy session, which is totally fine. And if you're listening, I loved every minute of it. So yeah, yeah. Oh gosh. And if you see me out in the street, it, it doesn't mean don't approach me. It, it was just totally kidding too. <laughs> So like that time you got recognized on an airplane in first class by the flight attendant. I know. I know. So yes, feel free to approach me. I literally am just kidding about that. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So here's what we want to break it down. Okay. So you have this product, you're a creative, whether you're a maker, whether you're a manufacturer, whether it's an idea and you're thinking, all right, I have this idea or I have this thing, or I have this talent what do I do next? Like, where do I go with this? And so the first thing is the who, right? Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about the who, because while let's go back to um, her name is Cindy. So I'll say, Hey, Cindy. Um, you know, I was like, well, what does it look like? You know, what kind of pottery? Sometimes you can have very earthy pottery, you know, sometimes you can have really like high end looking pottery, like Virginia sins or, um, or, you know, Susan Gordon Pottery, for example, some, I was telling her that one of our students in Multishoe Machine makes these beautiful mugs that look like animals and it's kind of fun pottery. So you have to kind of decide first, we need to know, you know, I just wanted to understand her aesthetic because the next part that it was going to take me to is like, who, who are you selling your product to? Yeah. Who's it made for? So mm-hmm. Virginia Sin might be for the person that loves like modern, you know, um, minimalist. Po- minimalist pottery. Susan Gordon Pottery might be for the Southern person that loves hostessing, that loves like the wavy bowls, you know, very feminine. Yeah. Very feminine and, you know, refined. So who is it for? But you start with, okay, what does it look like? What's the aesthetic? Especially if you're an artist, this is crucial because that's when you really understand that you have a artist voice to what you're making. You know, you're not just making anything and everything for whoever you're literally, you have your artistry and you, you're figuring out who is willing to pay you for that artistry. Mm-hmm. Who would appreciate your work? Who do you want to sell it to? So, so before I got to her who though, right? Because it was hard to understand. I was like, I need to know what. I need to know what you're selling, what your product is. So we'll, we'll come back to who, but the what was, what is it? So she's like, well, let me show you what I've made. 
And she showed me these beautiful like birds that were more artsy. It was like more of a sculpture piece and pottery. Mm-hmm. Then she showed me plates and cups that she's made. And then she showed me these sort of like vases for flowers um, that had a couple different looks, but she's like, I can do anything. I think that's sometimes the, the hardest part for creatives is when they feel like they have endless open opportunities that they can create anything. They actually don't know where to start. So as we started talking about the, what the pottery, I was like, they're all beautiful. She could do anything with it. So let's go back to the who, who do you want to sell to? So we started chatting about it. She's like, well, let me show you these orchids. So she showed me these orchids and these beautiful vases. And she's like, you know, funny story. You know, I live outside of New York city. So there's a lot of money. Like there's the finance people that live in the verbs. And, um, she works for this one person that has, you know, like a $40 million home in Florida. So like, that's the kind of money that she's like, I literally get paid to go in and take care of her orchids is what she told me. I was like, so when we all know orchids are very finicky, it's like having children. So they do require work. (laughs) But you know, we talk about sticking up for this very wealthy woman that hires people. (laughs) You know, we always talk to you all about like ordering your groceries on Instacart or, you know, maybe sending your laundry out for fluff and fold. Well, she gets paid to come in to take care of 20 orchids a lot of money, she said, you know, which is like n- next level outsourcing that this woman doesn't even need to put an ice cube in her <laughs> orchids. <laughs> so, so she goes there and she do, does this and this woman's very, very wealthy and she loves her orchids. And so I, I looked at my neighbor and I was like, okay, well, you have this like super special knowledge about orchids and how to keep them alive. You're known for these orchids in this wealthier group of women in this area in New Jersey. And you have access to somebody who has access to a lot of other people similar to that. So it's like, so I wonder if you would take these beautiful vases and you, and you go towards this woman like this, because you know, how much can you charge? Everyone gets stuck on pricing, which we'll get to, but you know, this woman's obviously willing to pay someone to just come take care of her flowers. Mm -hmm. And she has access to other multi-millionaire billionaires, however much money they have. And perhaps you could position it that like, Hey, I'm actually taking my pottery, making vases for the orchids to go into. And if you'd like, I could create these as gifts for you to give to your friends, housewarming, you know, dinner parties, birthday parties, anything like that, because it would be really special with the vase plus the orchid, plus maybe like this plus is how the you bird sculpture probably, you mm-hmm. know, I also said she could take her birds and put them onto the bases, right? So it's kind of saying like looking at her aesthetic. And then I said, and so that was the the who we figured out because she kind of had, we talk about unfair advantages, but she kind of has that quote unquote unfair advantage. She's mm-hmm. instant access to multimillionaires that will drop all sorts of money on products. It might be out of our scope, right? But I'm, mm-hmm. I have clients that are multimillionaires and they send me hundred dollar candles. It's mm-hmm. a totally other world that people live in that sometimes you don't understand, but that it's a luxury consumer. And perhaps she could sell these for $250, $300 and be easy peasy for those customers. Yeah. And just remember that right now we're getting down to the who. Who is going to buy these from her? And it's still a test because she doesn't know if this woman mm-hmm. is going to buy from her. But we need to have a reference point of, okay, this is potentially my ideal customer. And this is who I want to attract. If that woman does end up saying yes, then voila, you've made some sales, right? And Mm -hmm. you've confirmed that is my ideal customer because yes, I do want them to buy from me, right? So you don't want to be attracting people you don't want to buy from you. That's just, you know, some people, they want to sell to whoever and they realize that, oh, I 
attracting all these low tier customers or whatever else, you know, or too high tier, too high of tier customers. And they have all these other expectations or whatever it ends up being. But you find that uh, whatever that is, and that serves as your reference point of your ideal customer. And you're going to see if that works. So now we have the what, which is orchid potted plants that are in her aesthetic that she loves to do. It's in her art, her form of making. We have who, which is these um, women that can afford them and um, love orchids and love spending you know, money on, on potted plants as like really special things for their friends or whatever. Yeah. Like perhaps unique gifts. And yeah, I've even let's go, going back to the what really fast. Cause we talk about testing and trying. I said, do three different versions of what you would like these, these vases to look like present them to your ideal customer, which is this woman who already pays you to come in and, and water her plants and see what she reaches for. See what, see what she's like. Oh, I love that. Because when you start to put in front of your, who your customer your options, it'll help you narrow it down to maybe a bestseller, right? Because what you'll all see, like if you ever do in-person trade shows and you have your, you know, your booth set up, you tend to see what do people reach for the most? What are they most attracted to? That's going to really start giving you the data of what you're selling and what to move forward on. So she's still in that test and try stage. So for all of you that have like made a product, right? You're going to try what you're selling in front of your ideal customer, who you think your ideal customer is, and you're going to test and try that. So let's say it all works, right? who, what, where. So the where is where do you sell it? Cause you're, you're all trying to think through, like, I have this product, where do I sell it? How do I make sales? And so I really, you know, again, my you know strategy session in the front yard was, well, what kind of business do you want? You know, like, do you want to sell mass produced product? Do you want to sell tons and tons of units? Do you want to hire a team? And I think a lot of times those of you that are in the startup phase, typically that feels very overwhelming. And she's like, well, I just want to make some money. Like I'm I'm not doing much anymore. My kids are grown. I want to make some money selling what I have. So it's like, okay. So you're looking to make us like have, I was like, I want you to figure out how much money you want to make and how many hours you want to spend on this. And then we can figure out where you sell it based on, on how you want to align your, your quote unquote business with your life and lifestyle. Yes. We kind of skipped over a really big thing. What in the what we should probably should have said what and for how much is that coming later? Yeah, we could do the how. Okay. Yeah. I think that comes first before you choose the where, because that will determine where you sell okay. is how much you price for. Um, so should we add this back into the what part? Um, no, no, no. I think we just talked this out where this is a, this case study for everybody is fluid. Okay. So okay. let's, um, we're going to talk this one out of how you could think about this because when you're thinking about, okay, now this woman has, she has her ideal customer. And, but then the second thing that she should probably think about is like, how much is that customer willing to pay for? That's what Mm -hmm. she's trying to confirm, right? It's not, if you get a sale, of course, she's going to buy it for $10. Well, maybe not. She might think it's like super cheap. I don't know. (laughs) Well, she she was like, oh, I'm grossly underpricing because she's like, maybe 150. Cause I think, especially when you're a maker, you don't have any concrete pricing to yeah. it. Um, it's you kind of that self doubt creeps in, right? Like you don't have confidence in the product. You're like, would anyone ever pay that? It's not always you or your friends who are going to pay it. It's your ideal customer. Yeah, what they right. would pay. And then, so what was she pricing? She already had prices. She's kind of like when she did markets, cause she used to do the in-person markets, like you know, some years ago, she's like, I don't know, I'd probably sell it for 150 bucks. So look at this orchid and this beautiful hand done vase. It's, you know, kiln fired and all the things. And I'm like, okay, 
I know that my sister sent me on like flowers.com an orchid and it cost her at least 80 to hundred dollars to send me just an orchid in a, in a base vase, whatever from China that was imported that maybe was just like spray painted. Mm-hmm. Right. She sent a hundred dollars sending me that through an online company. So if that costs a hundred dollars and then you're telling me this handmade vase that you've just created, that's huge and beautiful is 150 bucks with an orchid included that is a steal of a deal. Mm-hmm. So she's like, well, what would you price it for? And I was like, well, I would then, I obviously, and we teach this a multi-stream machine. We figure out how to price your products, yeah. right. And how to mm-hmm. get your margins. So labor and cost of goods and all that. And then she also has to decide what will the market bear? Yeah, exactly. What is her customer willing to buy? Because it's off-putting if it's too low. Mm-hmm. And uh, especially for her, a customer, right. And she has to find that sweet spot. So again, another test. What is her ideal customer willing to pay for? And it's not based off of this one woman. It is to a certain extent, but remember we're trying to gather data here. So she's trying to see if her ideal customer, this one woman buys for this particular amount and what she reaches for. But also it's not just this one woman. She has to get into her community of people, essentially. You know, like are these, is this essentially her ideal customer? So I know it sounds like a lot, but just, you're, it's kind of like presenting your minimum viable product, which is the orchid in the pot, and then bringing it to the ideal market to see, oh, okay, I'm bringing it to you. So pricing is something that is not easy enough to, you know, smush into this, this particular podcast episode, but she will have to understand that she has to think about what her ideal customer wants to pay for it. Hey, Mina, quick question. How many times have you heard stories from product bosses that waited until the week before Black Friday to even think about their holiday promotion plans? More times than I can even count. Okay, well, not this year. Successful product bosses know that the key to seeing a snowball of sales throughout the holiday is preparing their promotions now. And that's exactly what we're going to do together during our five-day challenge, which kicks off September 13th. Have you ever wondered if a free training is really worth it? We're not judging here, I swear. We know that there's so much information out there that it's hard to tell what's actually going to move the needle in your business. But here's the thing. The Rock Your Holiday Promotions Challenge is 100% worth your time and energy because it actually creates results in your business. And that's not just us humble bragging. It's proof from our previous challenge participants who have shown up gone through the action items and have seen some big payoffs, literally like Ashley of ever after baby. Ashley said planning ahead for the holidays for rock your holiday promotions has helped change how I plan promotions all year long. Right. Wow. When she first joined the rock your holidays challenge, she felt like she never knew how to go about setting up her promotions for the holiday season. So she attended the challenge, went through each day's training, and implemented the action steps. Not only did she have her promotions organized by the end of the challenge, she actually tripled her sales from the previous holiday season using what she learned inside the challenge. She then went on to join Multistream Machine, got her bestsellers onto Amazon, and grew her revenue even more while growing her Facebook following 10 times and her email list by four times. Wow. Okay. So you must be thinking, what does this have to do with you, friend? Well, it's just a preview of what you could do in just five days when you participate in the Rock Your Holiday Promotions Challenge. 
Okay. So we start on Monday, September 13th. It is totally free. You can go sign up at rockyourholidaypromotions.com or just click the link in the show notes and we will see you inside. But here's the thing, right? Cause some of you might be like not going for the luxury customer. And yeah. some of you might be thinking, Oh no, like no one would ever pay this. So you're thinking of I'm going to say this with a loving heart, but like the Walmart customer, right? Someone who's like, that's where they buy all of their stuff. And they're not concerned with like, they don't want, they don't spend more money on things. So there's the hard costs. What does it actually cost to make your product, including labor, which here's your tip, your biggest tip, if you take anything away from this, that you include labor into it. I know that's another big hard part. And we talk about this in multi-share machine, but makers especially are like, well, what would I pay? Like, you either overprice yourself and you're like, I'm a hundred dollars an hour, or you grossly underestimate yourself. Yeah. So figure out what you would hire someone for to do that. And that's your labor. Okay. So you get the hard costs of the pricing. And then we teach this in multi-stream machine on like how to get the right pricing, right margins so that you're profitable. But then you have the ability to scale up from there. If you're like, let's just say it costs her 50 bucks to make it. Mm-hmm. But if she thinks someone would pay $500 for it and the market would bear it, she could not that she is, but she could charge $500. Mm-hmm. So because it goes back to your ideal customer, t- I'm telling all of you that Chanel and Louis Vuitton and all that to manufacture that product is not more expensive than some of the other clothes that are made, but the value in the market, the customer, what they're willing to spend. Yeah. Allows because for a higher price. When you're thinking about Louis Vuitton, that's a certain type of customer. If you're thinking this, th- these women that are, her ideal customer that she's testing are orchid customers. It's not daisy customers, not tulip customers. We're talking orchid customers. It's you know. 20 orchids in my house and I actually have <laughs> someone I hired to come mist them for me weekly, yeah. right? Like misting, she's an orchid mister, right? But you know, <laughs> so really keep that in mind. So now we're moving to where, which is what mm-hmm. we're thinking of because you have to know what you're pricing at in order to know you know, where you can go, but also where your customers are. Her customers Mm -hmm. are not on amazon.com usually, you know, Mm -hmm. like that's not the Louis Vuitton, the orchid customer. Her customers probably, if they're at that level, they may not even be on social media. Yeah. Like they're not shopping Instagram to be like, oh, I'm going to go discover these new brands. Like this woman also has the the customer also has like a personal in-house secretary that like literally does everything. Right. Mm-hmm. So again, this is, I know this is some crazy other customer we're talking about. That's like out of <laughs> a lot of our scopes, but and it's like talking just, about a unicorn. <laughs> yeah. But just to share with you that, you know, this world exists. So, so the where, so my, my offering to her, my idea for her was like, okay, so the, where you sell is one word of mouth. This woman mm-hmm. can be her quote unquote influencer, but in real life, you have a close relationship with her. You could take her like these, you can give her a prize and say, Hey, these are and, and create the link for her. Say, if you ever need a gift for anyone, I can create these potted plants for you. Here are your three options. Just let me know. I'll create it. I'll even bring it over to you. So it's a, it's a higher level of like customer service, but the influencer is the wealthy woman because she now is friends with other wealthy women that also buy gifts for other wealthy women. Right. Yeah. So if you think about that as this, like, of customers with more customers. It's the ultimate organic marketing influencer realm. And that's the really the way it does work in very wealthy people. I worked in the banking industry for a very long time. And the way that you got in was literally by referral, mm-hmm. you know, 
And otherwise, you just did not get in. Um, yeah, that's <laughs> it's like how I'm, I haven't talked about this on the podcast yet, but that's how I have a nutritionist that also works with the Kardashians, right? <laughs> right, right. So <laughs> I was in LA and some wealthy people introduced me to him. <laughs> yeah, so for her, it was organic word of mouth. Mm-hmm. And she had to up-level her experience that she was giving the customer. So that type of customer really loves high touch, meaning, mm-hmm. you know, what can I do for that person to give them the extra layer? I can deliver it for them. I can, you know, price it in a certain way. They're not going to gift something that they got for a hundred dollars. I will tell you that, you know, they're going to yeah, need that's to, like bare minimum. For yeah. Them. Bare they spend minimum. like $300 on lunch. It'd be a little bit embarrassing to be honest to receive that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so. I mean, I do not ever show up with a hundred dollar gift for me. It still has to be 500 or more. No, um, but the other, so here's the, the other where, where do I sell this? Right. So I was like, okay, we live in the tri-state area. There is a lot of money in this, in where we live. I was like, I looked around, I was like, maybe not our neighbors, but our neighboring towns, New York mm-hmm. city, where there's, you know, a lot of finance money, Connecticut, all of these places. So it's like, where else would these women in particular for what she's thinking about selling, where would they buy? So I offered the idea of going to a florist in the town that this woman works in, presenting the vases and saying like, like in the Hamptons or something, a hundred percent, you know, right. Mm -hmm. You go to the Hamptons, you find, you find the quote unquote influencer, like sales platforms, the channels, the places where these women are actually shopping. And you go there because you know, your ideal customer shops from there. And that's your way of then getting in front of them, right? So it's a different tactic. She's not looking to be in gift shops necessarily right now, but if she wants to go to these high-end customers, she just makes the connection for them. So I was like, find florists, see if you can like connect with them in the more expensive towns, give them the price they're going to get a cut. So that's actually building in a wholesale arm, Mm -hmm. but in a different non-traditional sense, but it's where her customers would be buying from. Yeah. I love this because that's one of the things that we teach in multi-stream machine is how to find that your people like boots the ground in a sort of way, though your fingers are on the keyboard, (laughs) (laughs) that you're able to find people that you need to, right? Because the where in this is all about where are your customers and where are you selling? Okay, Mm -hmm. so the next one was who, what, where, when. Why? When, why? (laughs) Who, what, where, when, why, when, when. (laughs) Okay, so I think this is like a fifth grade like question. (laughs) Really digging into our fifth grade brains here. Okay, so what is when all about? So when is, when are you selling these? When does it make sense? So a lot of you, when you're thinking about your products and what you're selling and where you're selling them, we also get people who freak out because they can't sell bathing suits in the dead of winter, mm-hmm. right? Or you can't sell Christmas ornaments in March. Or you can't sell so, cookies in the mail because they melt. Right. You can't, you can't ship chocolates Literal in the middle example. of the summer <laughs> from one of our students. So we all need to think about what our, when our seasons are. So if you're a swimwear designer or you're thinking about starting a swimmer collection, your season is maybe some spring break, summer, maybe a little bit of like where snowboards, snowbirds go to, you know, Florida in it's called holiday, like around the holiday time. But you know, your biggest, your biggest business happens between spring and summer. For example, that's the, when that's when you lean in, that's when you go deep. That's when that's the time that you're working in your business versus on your business. So whenever we have students come to us and they're freaking out, like I'm not selling this month. We just did this with a student the other day where they're like, my sales are down. Mm -hmm. Like, well, what's different? Well, she wasn't selling her bestseller because it would melt Mm -hmm. 
in the mail to her, but people buying online. And she was leaning into a different product during that season. So it's like, well, that's why your sales are down from this perspective, but are your sales down overall? And she's like, no, because she leaned into a different product that made sense for the season in person. Right. That's why it's important for all of you to listen to this episode, even if you're just, even if you're not just starting, because you'll have to go into every season, every holiday season, especially, and figure what, out what your best sellers of that season are. And it can change year to year and it can change season to season. So really thinking about that, I love that we brought up the when now, um, because it makes us go into why so much easier. Because why is why are they buying? And so when you're thinking about like, why are they buying my goods right now? It might be, it's because it's Halloween. That's the when, right? So you have to connect the dots for your customer. That's where the why comes in. So it has to do with seasonality and it has to do with why they're buying it. So for example, this orchid example, she's buying it for gifts, but when does she need those gifts? You know, is there a gala coming up? Is there a, you know, (laughs) you're trying to, you're trying to go to, what do the wealthy women do? I know, like I'm going go to, to gala gala all the time. Gifts for galas. <laughs> Those of you that are wealthy out there, please laugh <laughs> at us. No, um, no, no, no. But I think okay. So the why, the the why, for example, for her, if she's, she also, we always talk about this. You need to connect the why yeah, for your customers. Your why a lot with of their you, why. Mm-hmm, a lot of you put your product out there in the world, and you're like, here you go, come buy my product. But the differentiator between your candles and someone else's candles, the differentiator between your glassware and someone else's glassware, a lot of times comes down to that. Why are you meeting their desire? Are you meeting a need, right? Are you helping with, are you solving a problem? So the why on let's call the orchids, she could easily go and say, if you ever need a gift, a unique gift for your friends, for housewarmings, for the holidays are coming up because orchids are inside so they can they're not there, you know, you don't have to worry about it being like a winter thing or not. If you ever need this, so she's creating a why for her customer to connect when I need what, what I make, I'm getting all confused with who, what wins, but basically <laughs> they need the why to buy from you. Yeah. Why would I buy this from you? Well, you're connecting it for and saying, this is a great gift. Yeah. Or it's a really unique piece to have in your own home to have orchids grow in them. So I think that's something for everyone to think of, like, does your product solve a problem? Mina's product, Little Label, solves a problem. Mm -hmm. Does it meet a desire? My Chanel bag meets a desire. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, um, does it, or, you know, is it solving a problem, meeting a desire or like a need, right? Like some of you that make food, like they need or want to have tea that's organically grown, Mm -hmm. for example. So I think you need to create the why. There has to be a why. And all of you, there's a why. Yeah. Why? And it's the why buy now? Why buy Mm -hmm. now? Okay, I'll tell you why buy now because you need a gift. And your best friend, it just closed on this multi trillion dollar house. (laughs) (laughs) One trillion (laughs) dollars. But you know, it's in all seriousness, you really do need to give them the why they need to buy now because they a lot of times won't think of it on their own. You need Mm -hmm. to remind them, okay, this is the reason why you need to buy now and um, how it will help you, how it will benefit you. Right. Which goes back to the house, right? Mm-hmm. So I think we covered it. Who, what, where, when, why, and the how came earlier. So if you're really trying to think about your product and now what, you kind of have to go back to that, right? The who is who are you selling it to? Mm-hmm. The what is what product are you selling? And what, what are you leaning into? Yeah. That was the how much, right? <laughs> 
<laughs> so I keep messing this one up. You guys get the so what gist. And how? What are you pricing it for? How much is it? Um, who, what, where? Where are you selling it? Where are your customers showing up to buy? When? When do they actually want to buy this from you? When does it make sense? And then what's in that last one? Why? Why? (laughs) You're so smart. No, this is a really good example. I feel like, you know, this is (laughs) fundamentally how you sell. I know Mm -hmm. it's like we're really, it's because we're trying to link this example and it feels like this example is very far away and we're working through the fundamentals, but you really do need to know. So why are they buying from you and why are they buying from you right now was the last one. So I know we kind of like worked our, this is the first on the fly teaching of this, but it is actually really beneficial if you have a project or if you don't product or if you don't have a product yet. Mm -hmm. So I hope that this helps as you're trying to really think through it, find your customer, figure out what they want, how they want it, where they're buying, why should they buy it from you and not someone else? And I think that will really help you sort of start to niche down and understand your product and your business. And then you can take that and that's what you can scale. When you know these fundamentals, like Mina said, that's the thing. That's what we see then, you know, our students in multi-stream machine, they, they're they're closer to this. They're starting to get a handle on this concept. Mm-hmm. And then they're able to then take this product, lean into their marketing and their visibility, lean into their sales, really clean up their systems and then skyrocket from there, right? We've seen so many incredible growth stories come out of our multi-stream machine students once they figured this out and then they took it and then they made more sales with it. Yeah. They're able to wrap their minds around it because, you know, starting a business or, or growing a business is a very complicated thing. There's lots of layers, lots of seasons, lots of things that are happening. So when you're able to break it down and really think about it in your mind in a certain way, who, what, where, when, why, it's really easy. You know, that's why people, they appreciate that our modules are really simple, but actionable because lots of times the thing that stops you is that you can't wrap your mind around it, you know? And so hopefully you got as much pleasure out of that example. (laughs) At least you'll remember the words. (laughs) Go back to it. Go back to this. You'll just be like, oh yeah, I remember Jacqueline and we were messing this up so much, yeah. but at least I can like go back to it. Yeah. Um, let us know if this is helpful. We'd love to hear from you on Instagram. Send us a DM. So if you don't already follow us, follow us at the product boss and send us a DM. Let us know if it was helpful and we can't wait to see you all grow. Yeah. Thanks everybody. Thank you for being here and listening all the way through the Product Boss Podcast. If you love our show and it has helped you in any way in your business, would you mind doing two things for us? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Reviews help other product entrepreneurs know that this is the place to be to grow their businesses and realize that they're not alone. And we know that you all know that a five-star and honest review helps you sell more products to more people. So you know that your reviews help us reach more listeners around the world. Remember, what we give is what we receive, and we are all about helping each other in the Product Boss community. We are all in this together. We would be so appreciative of you if you could take the time right now to subscribe, leave a review, and even share this episode on social or someone you know so we can impact more lives. And remember, subscribing means that you will get notified each time we release a new episode so you never miss a thing. You have helped us grow and climb into the top 10 of all marketing podcasts, and together we can keep climbing. Thank you, friends. And remember, there is room at the top for all of us. This episode is brought to you by the Shop 1 in 5 Pledge. We believe that when you purchase from a small online or offline business, your dollar goes further. 
Hey friends, Mina and I created the Shop 1 in 5 pledge and we're inviting you to take the pledge with us. It's a commitment to make one in five of your purchases from a small business online or offline. It's a way to make an impact together where and when it matters most. Because the truth is your purchasing power matters now more than ever. We're inviting you to take the pledge if you head to shop1in5.com. The link is in the show notes. And when you get there, please make sure to share the pledge with your friends, your family, and your customers. Let's invite everyone to take the Shop 1 in 5 pledge so that we can all use our purchasing power to change lives.